audio. Welcome to Doc Talk, a weekly podcast featuring Monument Health physicians addressing medical topics. Tune into your health with Monument Health. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Doc Talk with Monument Health. Joining me again are Dr. Abby Metzler, who is a non-ops sports doctor for Monument Health, correct? Correct, yeah. And Caleb Burney, who is the head athletic director for the School of Mines Hard Rockers. Athletic trainer. Athletic trainer. That's right. We, talk, we talked about that in the hall. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you guys for joining us again. Uh, we, uh, I encourage people to go and listen to the last time I had you guys on. We were just kind of getting an overview of sports medicine and what you guys do. And, and we, of course, talked about Demar Hamlin. And uh, all, all of that was amazingly fascinating. And as we were getting ready for this podcast today, uh, uh, Caleb, you started talking about corporate trainers yeah non non sports trainers right. and of course the first thing that comes into my mind is what does that mean <laughs> right absolutely so you guys do the same job in a non sport setting correct like what would some examples of that be yeah so there are athletic trainers at NASA um, they're helping all the astronauts they're helping them with whatever injuries they might go through in their training um, I, there's also athletic trainers at Boeing there's athletic trainers at Amazon um, <laughs> Amazon. And so yeah. we're all over the place. Um, yeah. And they do a lot more kind of ergonomics, you know, how, you, how you're doing your job and then keeping them safe. Um, you know, what they've seen is that you can get injured putting a plane together. Sure. Yeah, I suppose. And um, um, if, you know, then you're missing work. So if, there, if there's an athletic trainer there that can help protect that employee so they can do their job safely, they're going to miss less work, which means more job. So is it the same training that you guys have then? It's in essence kind of the same thing? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, same, you're looking at same everything you go through. It's just um, you're focusing on more of, you know, you're looking at how the body works, how the body moves. Yeah. Um, and then how you do that safely compared to maybe, you know, cutting on a football field or, um, you know, running into a 300-pound lineman. <laughs> you know, you're, you're dealing with a plane or, right. you know, putting things in boxes and how you sit in a chair or at a desk and – um, so yeah, we, we kind of cover a lot of, a lot of things. I suppose being cramped in, in one of those planes and sitting up quickly and banging your head could easily lead into what I want to talk to you about this podcast on. I stretch for that. I really do, <laughs> but I think, I think I got there with it anyway. Um, it's concussion protocols, which is another, uh, it's another phrase that I think a lot of people that watch any sort of sport are very familiar with now. Because it seems like more and more attention is being paid to it, as obviously it should be, correct? Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen, you know, you go back into some of these older athletes. Well, you see a lot of athletes that have passed away way too young because of, I'm, I'm assuming, issues with concussions, correct? Um, so can you just kind of explain a little bit, what is a concussion? So a concussion edits, I think... The simplest way I can think of it is it's a functional dysregulation of your brain versus a structural. So we could do MRIs, CT scans, nothing's going to pop up on it. But it's actually how the function of your brain is working. And it's a dysregulation in that process of kind of what your brain is perceiving in the world around it into how it's processing it. But doesn't that happen because of damage to the head, getting hit in the head generally? I mean, you can't get a concussion without 
smacking your head against something, can you? Correct. Okay. I mean, you can get like whiplash type concussions. You can actually, you can oh, get boy. concussions from not <laughs> truly hitting it, but it's that jarring movement of your brain inside. It's the skull essentially. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's actually funny because there's still a lot of research that needs to be done at, at a very microscopic level what's happening. But what we do know is we can do all the scans right now and nothing's popping up. Really? Mm -hmm. So when you, when like I say in football or a car accident even, when your head slams into something and then your brain, I believe, in your skull hits, hits your skull, doesn't it, in some instances? Can the fluid around there, it doesn't protect it completely, does it? I mean, is that what happens, sort of? Yeah, I mean, really, a lot of times it's probably the recoil. Oh, it's not the sure. actual yeah. impact. It's your right. head coming back. And it's just, so, like, let's say you get in the front, a lot of times the concussion area could be perceived as the back. Okay. Because that's where the, the force is really going to be. And so you're looking at CAT scans and you don't see that there's damage done with that in a lot of instances? Not typically. Now, you can have, don't get me wrong, you can have a concussion that there was damage. Right. But you can have a concussion and there's absolutely nothing okay. on the scan. And you can have findings that are really worrisome. You send them in, even as a provider, and there's nothing there. Oh boy, that. Yeah. So is it is that frustrating? I mean, or do, or do you can you always tell when somebody has a concussion? There is a very it's a very gray area. Okay. There are some that are very obvious, like you can tell instantly. They're nauseous. Their headache. Their head hurts. They're dizzy. They have all these symptoms. And then sometimes there's ones who are completely normal. Yeah, I'll have athletes who are like it popped up 24 hours later. And all of a sudden they woke up and it's almost like they, the world's spinning on them. Really? Yeah. So it, it is hard. It can be frustrating at times, especially the, I would say the recovery process for patients is hard because as a provider, you know, you're trying to do all these different things because you have to treat it um, in just so many different elements. And some get better really fast and some take months. Are there some myths with concussions that bug you guys? Do not wake them up. <laughs> there, that was an old thing we used to right. do in sports medicine yeah. is wake them up every two hours. They actually really need sleep. As long as, like, you can, you know, kind of go through it, make sure there's nothing emergent, let them sleep. Mm -hmm. They need that sleep. Don't wake them up every two hours. That's probably the biggest one that I've yeah. actually seen recently still on an after-visit summary type thing that a patient was given oh, you, about concussion. Oh, really? Yep. And that's a big one that's, Yeah. We don't do that anymore. Are there any others that, or is that is that kind of the main one that always seems to pop up? Another one is is just the type of concussion. Yeah. Um, because they used to say, oh, it's a mild concussion, it's a severe concussion. No, it's just a concussion. Um, there's not really different stages of a concussion. If you have a concussion, you just have a concussion. Oh wow. Mm. Now, see, I didn't need to. It's, it's kind of weird to have my mind blown there, <laughs> but I kind of was with both of those. Um, so obviously, as athletic trainers, when it comes to concussions and the protocols and stuff, um, this has to be you guys. That has to be a very crucial role for you guys when something like this happens. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had in front of me here like there were some key roles uh, that include things like prevention of concussions, mm -hmm. I think would be the very first thing you guys would want to do is to prevent those. In football, the helmets, obviously. Mm -hmm. Baseball, probably the helmets too. Hockey, same. But like, how do you, how can you prevent in a sport like golf or in a sport like basketball, mm -hmm. um, where there generally isn't that head protection all the time? Well, sadly, the head protection doesn't actually protect your brain. Um, it suppose, protects you more we from still skull fracture. Okay. Um, now it helps to an extent. Um, uh, a lot of, in football, we've changed how you tackle. Um, you put your head behind instead of in front, so you're, your head's not taking a lot of the impact. Um, the, so a lot of the concussion prevention in, in football and some of those sports specifically is 
is how you do the, how you actually do the sport. Right. Um, the the you're not using your head as a weapon. Uh, you're not and, supposed to exactly. Right. And so and you see that a lot of frustration in the NFL where it's, you feel like it's not as as physical as it used to be, but it's really we're protecting our athletes. Right. Um, other sports, again, there's no really way to protect. It's you know you you do your best to make sure their neck strong so they don't have that big whiplash. Um, they can control it a little bit more. In basketball, you see uh, a lot of times when they're taking a charge or if there's a collision, it's really the, the head hitting the ground um, oh, on sure. the fall. And so you teach them to fall with their chin to their chest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just little things like that. Golf, if you get hit by a ball, you're probably just screwed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, if you're getting hit with a ball in golf, you've done something pretty wrong, yeah. I would think, and too. And it's probably not happening at a college level. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah. you would, Hopefully no, you know. Exactly. Uh, it's funny you mentioned when you're talking about football and, and you know, keeping your neck strong. I remember uh, you used to see those guys wear those big pads that would go around their neck. Mm-hmm. You don't see that as much anymore. Is it, were, were, did they work or not? I mean, why, why don't we? I mean, I would say those were really more for the neck. Okay. Um, and now we really focus on face-up tackling. So right. you want to be able to see what you're tackling compared to putting your head down yeah. and leading with the crown of your helmet. And so that would actually limit you from being able to look up and have that full range of motion in your neck oh, to sure. actually see what you're hitting. And then, because if you hit with the crown of your helmet, not only are you putting yourself at risk of a concussion, but you're looking at a neck injury too. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's been in some fringe areas of football protection, people have talked about <laughs> going back to leather helmets mm-hmm. to prevent these guys from doing that sort of stuff. I don't think you guys would recommend that, would you? No, <laughs> I don't think, you know, I've heard that same thing in, and not necessarily the leather helmets, but from like rugby players. Yeah. Like that's who I hear say it the most because they're like, we don't get as many concussions. Mm-hmm. I, I just Is that don't... true? Can that be true? It's, but again, football's progressing to mm-hmm. kind of, uh, you know, take the way, if you watch away the way a rugby player tackles compared to how a football player tackles, when you don't have the protection of all of the padding, you're going to protect your body. A and lot. So, yeah, better. so you're not yeah. going to use your head. You're going to put, like, if someone's running and you're going from the side, you're going to put your head behind them so they're not hitting your head or putting your head between them and the ground. And so okay. we've kind of taken some of those lessons from rugby mm-hmm. to help us in, a, in yep. football. So yeah. then the next step here would probably be, like, evaluation and treatment. So how do you evaluate when you think somebody has that concussion? So there is actually a pretty extensive um, thing we go through. There's um, These would be the protocols then, correct? Uh, yep. There's okay. what's called a SCAT-5, but then we also use Sway now too. Yeah, I want to um, talk about that coming up. Sure. Yeah, so essentially any of these tools at the end of the day. So we'll screen you before the season. Um, we ensure that kind of what you look like preseason because there's certain reaction times that can change. And then the initial eval on like the sidelines is really like trying to assess what's like concentration, how, you know, how are your eyes looking? How's your neurofunction looking? And it's essentially doing this quick neuro assessment to see how your brain's functioning. So then, then what's the treatment for it once you guys have determined? Um, well, it kind of depends. And I, and there's actually going to be some new research coming out very soon. Okay. Um, that's, that's going to kind of change it just a little bit. Really? Um, but one of the biggest things is to kind of let their, let them just rest. Um, especially for the first like 24, 48 hours. Um, other than that, you know, you really just want to make sure you're not making the symptoms worse. Um, and, you know, we're so maybe going for a walk is going to be okay here soon. You know, it's it's going to be okay to 
um, <clears throat> maybe walk or ride a bike just enough that you're not making anything worse, but mm -hmm. you're just you're keeping the symptoms in check. So really, all you want to do is you want to keep the symptoms in check, make sure nothing's getting worse. Um, then obviously, in the first 24 hours, you want to make sure that you're not having any more uh, any vomiting or you know, some of the more serious aspects that can come with concussions. What, what are some of the symptoms? I don't think we covered that, um, that, that you guys look for, that if you think you have it, you should, you should talk to somebody about. Um, there's a whole <laughs> host of them, to be honest really? with you. Yeah. And it, our treatment, you know, Caleb's kind of talking in that early 24-hour time period. But beyond that, oftentimes when they have resistant treatment or resistant symptoms, we, our treatment's kind of based on their symptoms mm -hmm. um, because oh. it can be different. Like if they're getting a lot of dizziness or double vision, it actually can be what we call a vestibular ocular dysfunction of you know, like how your brain's processing what your eyes are seeing or it's chronic headaches. The big one that I think a lot of people don't know is like emotional dysregulation. So um, I'll see it in teenagers a lot where they become very emotional, tearful, where they're not normally a tearful kid. Um, that would be one that I'd say people kind of miss, but then the nausea, vomiting, you know, fatigue is another big one, decreased concentration in school. So we often have to get kids like um, a special accommodations at school Yeah, because it's harder to concentrate and harder to kind of get their work done. Okay. Um, so once you've evaluated it all mm -hmm. um, and you've, you've done the treatment, then what is generally the policy to get them back into the game? You guys call it a, a return to play protocol? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So what we do at, at Mines and what is pretty common across the country is that we um, we focus on getting their symptoms um, reduced, basically nothing as, as best as we can. Um, and that can we can do things, you know, like doing some treatment on the neck, helping that because that can some kind can sometimes cause some headaches as well. But again, we want those symptoms to go away. Um, that's the first thing we want to do. Once those symptoms go away, we retest them. Um, with our Sway app that we use. Um, and that's a lot of, you know, balance, some cognitive things, how do their eyes react, you know, reaction times, things like that. Once they pass that, then we get into kind of our return to play. And that's typically a five-day a five day return to play um, protocol where we start with just a light bike ride, increase their heart rate a little bit just to make sure that the symptoms don't come back. Um, and then the next day we get them uh, and we do some body weight workouts. Um, really make them kind of push through some squats, push-ups, um, sit-ups, things like that, just to kind of get them moving again. Um, and then we start working on getting them back in the weight room. And then we do about 15 minutes on the third day of just physical activity, <clears throat> typically with their sport. And then we get them back into their sport and we have them do as much practice as we feel is comfortable and safe for them. And then on the fifth day, we really get them back into full contact. And then um, typically day six, they're, we feel like they're fully cleared and, um, and safe enough to uh, get back to participation. Now, both of you have mentioned this Sway system. You said Sway app. Mm -hmm. So explain this, because this is something relatively new, isn't it? It's, it is newer. Okay. Um, it, there's uh, the concussion. Concussions are such a big topic now yeah. that there's multiple ways to um, kind of help you determine if there's a concussion and then help you get them back to, to sport safely. Um, so it's basically a, an app that, is, that we can use on the sidelines, wherever we are at, um, and it can help determine how well they do with their balance. Um, and then again, like I said, with reaction time, eye movements, um, and memory also. So really for the kids, they feel like they're playing a video game when they're doing this, this testing. Um, but you can put the phone up on your chest and you can, and it will act, while you do the balance to start off with, and then it will actually tell how much you're moving and swaying 
and then that will um, determine, and then it will decide how close that was to your baseline that we did at the beginning of the year. Uh, and that helps us determine how how well their balance is. And then again, then we go into reaction times and memory, and it does this, all of this stuff that I'll just right there on the phone, so we can do it right there on the sideline. Um, and then it brings us the data back immediately, so we know within a percentage of how close they were to their baseline. Um, now it's not a diagnostic tool, but what it does is it helps us determine uh, if we if it is a concussion or not. Um, and then it also takes their symptoms, and so every day we can send them a link, and it will they'll put in their symptoms, and we know exactly where they're at for the day. Um, and so it's just a really good tool that we use that makes it a lot easier for us to, to do all this testing. I mean, there's other ones that you have to do. You have to sit at a computer and you have to have a computer lab to test all these athletes where we just, everybody pulls out their phone at the beginning of the year, we do the test and they're good to go. And then whenever they're on the sideline, I always have my phone with me. Um, and so we just do a quick test right there on the sideline on my phone. And then we can, we can make a pretty quick decision um, depending on if we feel like we should pull them from the the competition or not, is this being is this is this a, a a rather inexpensive thing to use for for you know high schools and and things like that or like even smaller schools is it something they can use? It's a little bit more price. It's on the pricier okay. range of things. Um, you have to pay per athlete. Got it. Uh, and so we have over three hundred athletes at South right. Dakota Mines, and so. Um, but the nice thing is, is you know, <laughs> you always like to say there shouldn't be a price on. On, right. your, on your athlete's health, um, but it is something that we feel is important, and so that's something we'll spend our money on compared to, you know, maybe something else. Yeah. Um, now, is there what are the dangers of more than one concussion? I mean, obviously, you don't ever want to have one, but is is there a point where you will tell some of these athletes, look, you've had a fair number, maybe you know. Um, Maybe you you don't get to play next year, or maybe there's or maybe there is a different career choice, uh, sport. Yeah, I think it comes down a lot to. There's not always a finite number. Right. I think it's how you recover to them. So oftentimes, what we see is the more you get, the harder it is to recover from it. Um, right. And so we're showing that your brain's having a harder time coming back from it. So if you're starting to look, you know, maybe the first couple you got, it took you a week, two weeks. That would be kind of the typical range to come back. And then all of a sudden we're looking at it took you three months. We need to really oh. reevaluate here on what what's actually going on. Because like we said, there is a lot that's not known about concussions right. and they're doing a ton of research. But if it's taking your brain that long to come back from it, you know, is this really a good idea for you then? You know, if you have several of them, is this happening every season? So now your brain's really prone to them. It's Once again, it can do emotional dysregulation, cause all of these symptoms that can actually become more chronic in nature that we don't, you know, we want to really prevent. Because at the end of the day, sports are for fun. But if they now start affecting the rest of your life, we got to, you know, take that, you know, and help athletes understand that. Have, Have either one of you had a concussion? Not that I'm aware of. I'm probably <laughs> sure I did when I was younger. But. Yeah, I can think of a, like a couple instances when I was younger and didn't know that that's what it well, was. Well, and that's, yeah, I, I can think of instances because I grew, also grew up in a very small school and mm-hmm. played most all of the sports. And I know there was a couple times in football where I was hit hard enough to where it was a couple seconds later where your eyes are opening and you're like, oh, boy, you know, that hurt. But then nobody really talked about it much back then so it is becoming a much more like you said studied 
Mm-hmm. And I would say athletes also understand it better now. Initially, when we first started doing all these concussion protocols and return to plays, we found that a lot of athletes were trying to cheat the system a little bit. Oh, and I'm best sure. intentions, right. you know. But they're like, you know, yeah. it's just our trainers and our, our athletic trainers and physicians being overly careful. Mm-hmm. But then they've seen it happen where, you know, you don't necessarily tell us your symptoms that you're experiencing. Yeah. And then you go back out and play and take that second hit. And that's usually when the symptoms become really severe. And then it takes a long time to recover because your brain was already at a vulnerable state. And then you took a second bad hit because you're not protecting yourself because you're having symptoms. Right. And that's, you know, so what we found is athletes are a little bit more honest with that now. And they're more open with it to say, like, yeah, okay, like, yeah, this did happen. And I'm sure that education, that just making them feel comfortable enough to be like, Mm -hmm. look, you know, please, this is this is for your own good. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not going to you're not going to be cut from the team. You're not going to be. So be honest about it and let's get help. Yeah. And it's been actually it's been really positive. And I am sure you agree, Caleb. But to see athletes, how they're responding Mm -hmm. to it now, it's it's a a good trust system of like, okay, I do understand where you're coming from. And I want to meet you in the middle. And let's let's, both of our goals are the same to get you back on the field and back playing. But how do we do that safely? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Dr. Abby Metzler and Caleb Burney, I want to thank you guys both for coming in and talking with me again. Uh, this has been super enlightening. Um, what you guys do, and now I think what uh, a lot of the world and, and, and parents specifically, you know, I want, to, I want them to understand that when your kids are playing sports, specifically around here with Monument Health, with uh, the Hard Rockers, of course, if they're going to go to school there, that you guys have put uh, a hell of a team together. They're going to make sure that their kids are safe. And I think that's what is by far most important. So, again, thank you guys both for coming in and talking. And, and anytime we can talk sports, uh, let's, let's do it. This has been fun. Thank Absolutely. you. Yeah, thank you, guys. <laughs>